Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Well, let's take our Bibles, go back to Matthew chapter number 24 tonight. Matthew chapter number 24, and uh, I want to look in here tonight, and um, we're going to use this as a springboard tonight, and actually, um, we're going to, I hope you'll keep your Bible open, we're going to use it very extensively tonight, and go into several different passages of Scripture, the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and see what the Lord will give us tonight, amen, and um, Matthew chapter number 24, we preached out of here this morning. I'll say a little bit about that and um, then we'll get into what the Lord has for us tonight. If you found your place, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. Matthew chapter number 24. Matthew chapter number 24. And Brother Heath, I have went old school tonight. I got a sticky note. Amen. And um, um, you know that you're well prepared when you have a sticky note. Matthew chapter number 24, look with me. Um, Let's pick up reading Um, in verse number 36. The Bible said this, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days, uh, for as in the days uh, that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying uh, and giving in marriage until the day uh, that Noah uh, entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Uh, so they shall also, or so also, so shall also uh, the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, Father, I love you tonight. I pray, God, that you'd help us tonight. God, you know the need of this service. Uh, God, you know what you've placed on our heart tonight, God. The early hours of this morning, God, Father, when you woke me up, God, you know what you've placed on my heart. And God, tonight, I want to rightly divide the word of truth. God, I want to preach, Father, what you want us to preach. And uh, God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us. Father, it'd be a whole lot easier. Um, Father, just have another song and to shout and testify a while, but... Lord, I really believe that you've ordained this message tonight for this service. God, I believe before the foundations of the world was ever laid, you knew who would be here tonight. Father, you knew what would be preached tonight, and I pray, God, that you put a bridle about our mouth. Father, help us to say nothing, God, that you wouldn't want said. God, help us to say only the words that are ordained by you. We'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. And amen. You can be seated tonight. This morning I preached on a warning from Jesus out of these verses. And um, just very briefly, I'll say this. I preached on Jesus' warns of his imminent return in these verses. He warns of his imminent return. In other words, the coming uh, of the Lord is at hand. Amen. I believe that it's right here on top of us uh, and could come. He could come at just any given moment. Jesus warns of his imminent return. But then I also said this. Jesus warns uh, of peoples in different ways. Jesus warns of peoples in different ways. He deals with the way the people was in the days of Noah. And 
and we talked about how the thought of man was evil continuously. Uh, of course, we looked at several different things in that this morning. And then last of all, uh, Jesus warns uh, of an inescapable wrath. Judgment will come one day. There's no doubt about that. Judgment will come on America. A matter of fact, uh, I believe judgment's probably already started falling on America, but um, there is a wrath, an inescapable wrath uh, that will come to the lost man if he does not accept the Lord as his Savior. Now I want to talk just a little bit about the days of Noah again tonight and uh, really take a little different turn to it and uh, uh, just give you my heart tonight. Now I'm probably going to talk to you more than preach tonight simply because of this. If I read back and preached a lot of things that I'm going to say tonight, um, uh, you probably would not like it. So I want to talk to you more than just read back and preach tonight. I'm going to deal with some things that... Uh, it's really a whole lot easier uh, um, to deal with in another man's pulpit. And you say, well, preacher, why do you say that? Well, because when the man of God preaches on the man of God... Uh, a lot of times people think that he is just trying to accomplish something within himself. However, the Bible says this in Romans chapter number 3, verse number 4, Let God be true... Uh, and every man a liar. So I'm not going to give you my opinion of the man of God tonight. I'm going to give you what the Bible says about the man of God tonight. There's a lot of people that falls into Romans chapter number 1, verse number 22, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. And you said, preach, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. A lot of people think they know what the man of God's supposed to be and how he's supposed to be, but they've never really studied the Word of God and what the Word of God says about it. I want to talk to you about the man of God tonight. In Noah's day, they was rejecting the man of God. They rejected what the man of God had to say. They laughed, no doubt in my mind, they laughed at the man of God. They treated the man of God wrong and judgment fell on those people because of that. Now, I want you to hear me tonight. I don't believe that anybody in here is running down the man of God at this church. Now, if you are, um, I will. I'll say some things through the word of God tonight and maybe the Lord will speak to your heart and you'll get right with God or get saved because if you can run the man of God down uh, and God don't chastise you over that, you need to get saved. Amen. Now I done told Olivia that he's going to be real tight tonight that she had to pray for me because some things I'm going to talk to you about. But it's true tonight. They rejected uh, what the man of God had to say. I said this this morning. Uh, sometimes the preacher says things uh, that is offensive to us, uh, but he don't say it to be offensive to you. He says it because he loves you. I said this morning that there's times that I lay things out, Brother Brian, that I'm going to wear, and Miss Leslie says, uh, honey, are you really going to wear that? And Brother Jerry, what she's saying to me is, honey, that don't look right, that don't match. Now, Miss Leslie don't say that to me because she don't like me. She says that to me, Brother Aaron, because she loves me, and she wants me to look good when I go out. Now, there's times that the man of God deals with things because he loves you. Because he loves you. 
A preacher that won't preach on hell don't love you. A preacher that don't preach on standards and separation and being set apart from this world does not love you. A preacher that will not tell you the truth does not love you. Matter of fact, what did the Bible say in last days? They would be those um, uh, uh, having itching ears. In other words, they're just wanting somebody uh, to um, uh, tell them that, uh, put a big smile on their face and tell them uh, to live their best life now. And I'll tell you something, every once in a while, uh, I'm in the storm of my life and I need a preacher through the preaching of God's Word to put his arms around me and love on me and tell me that everything is going to be all right. Somebody say Amen. But there is times in my life that I'm not close to God. Now holler amen with me right there also. And I need a preacher to stand up in the power of the Holy Ghost of God and tell me what's wrong and tell me what's right. Amen. Thank God for a preacher when I was lost that told me that there was a hell burning beneath this earth, but there was a heaven above this earth, and there was a God that loved us enough to send his son to die for our sins. I'm telling you, we need preaching today in our society. We have preachers or so-called, we have hirelings today. Let me just not even call them a preacher. We have hirelings today that won't preach against anything. I like what Brother John said he done with his young preachers not long ago. He said he gave them five minutes and said, I want you to preach on everything that you're against for five minutes. There is some things that we ought to be against tonight, amen. Uh, we can love the sinner and still hate sin. I said that this morning. We can love the sinner and still hate their sin. The man of God in Noah's day was a preacher of righteousness. He didn't look at all of them and say, go out and social drink and have yourself a good time and live the life of a harlot and everything will be all right. No, he said judgment is coming. That's what he said. And they laughed at the man of God. They scorned the man of God. And they died and went to hell because none of them got on the boat. Amen. That's exactly what happened. Now, I want to look at this in the man of God tonight. And I want to deal with the man of God tonight. Noah was the man of God. I want you to take your Bible and I want you to go to 2 Kings with me tonight. I hope you'll turn with me. I don't have my places marked. 2 Kings tonight. And I want to, I want to read you a verse here. 2 Kings tonight, chapter number 2. 2 Kings tonight, chapter number 2. Elisha is here. And uh, the translation of, uh, uh, of Elijah is taking place. And um, uh, we come into Elisha. And I want you to look in verse number 23. And if you know the Lord and you're in fellowship with him, I hope that you'll pray for me over the next few minutes. The Bible said this in verse number 23 of 2 Kings chapter number 2. And he went up from hence unto Bethel. This is talking about Elisha. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him. 
Who was Elisha? Elisha was the man of God in that day. He's taken the place of Elijah. He has got a double portion of the spirit that was upon Elijah, and we can see that looking at the miracles that he performs. He is the man of God that God has put there for that day. The Bible said that the little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. Now watch this. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. And he went from thence to Mount Carmel and from thence returned to Samaria. Here's what I want you to see. There was 42 kids. It's what your Bible just said. 42 kids that rose up against the man of God and began to mock the man of God. And because of that, the Bible said that a she-bear came out of the wood and tear 40 and two children of them. That's what the Word of God said right there. Why did that happen to those children? Because those children was running their mouth about God's man. That's the reason that happened. Now, I want you to understand what I'm saying to you tonight. Let me tell you what 99% of children do today. 99% of children repeat what they learn from home. Amen. They repeat what they learn from home. So you know what? There's not a doubt in my mind that there had been some mamas and daddies that had been running their mouth about the man of God and in doing so, it caused their children to doubt the man of God. And their children went out into the street and openly made fun of the man of God and according to the Bible, a she-bear came out of the wood and destroyed them that day. You said, Preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying to you as parents. You better be real careful what you're saying at the house about the man of God. You better be real careful. You see the reason it would be easier to preach this in somebody else's pulpit? You better be real careful what you're saying about the preacher. Better be real careful because let me tell you what's going to happen. It's going to twinkle down into your kids and your kids is going to begin to doubt the man of God and your kids is going to begin to run their mouth about the man of God. Notice, notice, notice that God didn't send a she-bear after mom and daddy. God sent a she-bear after their children. And when you rise up against the man of God, it may not be you that gets slayed. It may be your children. It may be your children. Well, I just don't agree with this and I don't agree with that. Well, you know what? To be real honest, if the preacher's in the Word of God, he's preaching the Word of God, he's standing true to the Word of God, that's really all that matters. Well, I don't agree with the way he done this or the way that he done that. At the end of the day, I'm not being ugly, I'm not being rude, but at the end of the day, God put me here to pastor the church and not you. He put you here to stand behind me and to love me and to support me. And when the day comes that you can't do that, 
then there's exit signs over the doors. You better be careful putting your hands on the man of God. You better be real careful. I want you to go somewhere else with me. Go with me to 1 Samuel. Go with me to 1 Samuel tonight. 1 Samuel chapter number 24. I hope that you're praying for me tonight. 1 Samuel chapter number 24. In 1 Samuel chapter number 24, as you're finding your place, I'm just going to give this to you quickly to bring you into where we're at. In 1 Samuel chapter number 24, you'll find that Saul is king. And you'll find that in studying the Bible, there's a lot said about Saul today by different people. A lot of people criticize Saul, and Saul didn't make all the right decisions. We can all say amen to that. But in studying the Word of God, Saul was God's anointed. Saul was anointed by God. David has come on the scene and we know that David was also God's anointed, that God was raising David up to become the king of Israel. We know that David ends up becoming the king of Israel in God's timing. God's timing is very important. And I want you to see something, verse number one, and it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, that he was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And it came to the, uh, the Bible said, and he came to the sheep coats. By the way, where was the cave? And Saul went in to cover his feet. And David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. When we get right here, David is running in fear of his life from Saul because Saul is wanting to kill David. Saul is after David and Saul is wanting to destroy David's life. And Saul goes into this cave and guess what? David and his men are hid out in this cave that the man that is trying to kill him has now come in and is not aware that David and his men is in there. Let's read on and see what happens. And the men of David, verse number four, said unto him, Behold the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall be good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privately. David took his sword and cut off the back of Saul's robe, and Saul didn't even know David was there. David could have killed him. Are you hearing me? But David chose not to kill him. And he cut off, in other words, David put his hand on God's anointed. You say, well, Saul's trying to kill him. It didn't matter what Saul was trying to do. That's God's anointed. It didn't, I'm preaching good. It didn't matter if David agreed with what Saul was trying to do or not. That was God's anointed. Saul was God's anointed. And David put his hand on him that day. Let's see what happens. Verse number five. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, 
The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth. Did you see what David said? The Lord's anointed. He said, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David's men's fixing to kill him, and David stayed his men. David said, no, we're not going to do that. No, listen, I messed up. I made a mistake. That's what the Bible said. David said, I should have never done that. I should have never done that. And you're not going to touch it. You're not going nowhere. He stayed his men. That you said, preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. David, if anybody had a right to go against Saul, David did. He's trying to kill him. But David was grieved in his heart. Why? Because he touched God's anointed. Are you hearing me tonight? I want you to turn somewhere else with me. Exodus. Go to the book of Exodus tonight. I told you we're going to use our Bible tonight. Genesis then comes to Exodus. Exodus chapter number 17. Exodus chapter number 17. And I'm not going to take time to go into all of it, but uh, Amalek comes up and fights with Israel at Rephidim. And, and Moses is up on the mountain, and when Moses raises his hand, Joshua's in on the battlefield fighting against Amalek. When Moses raises his hand, then the army prevails against Amalek. But when Moses' arms are let down, then the enemy prevails against them. The Bible said this in verse number 12. Let's back up to verse number 11. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. The one on the one side, the other on the other side. And his hands were steadily until the going down of the sun. I want to ask you a question tonight. When it comes to the man of God, I'm telling you, if there's ever been a day that the man of God's criticized, it's in the day that we live in. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you as the kid in Elisha's day, or are you as Aaron and her? You're one of the two. You're either supporting the man of God or you're not. You're either standing with him or you're standing against him. You say, well, preacher, I don't agree with everything. David didn't either, and David put forth his hand, and God smote his heart over that. God smote his heart over that. That's the difference in David and those young kids was this. David had a relationship with God. Those kids didn't. And I want to tell you something tonight. If there's ever been a day that we need Aaron and hers in a church, it's in the day that we're living in. Preachers fight more depression today. Amen. 
You say, well, a preacher don't do nothing but preach three times a week. I wish that was all. I've said this, I've said this a million times. Brother Ramsey, that's the fun part. Reading my Bible and studying does not bother me. Let me tell you what the hard part is, dealing with everything else. Do you have church? Do you not have church? Do you have Sunday school or do you not have Sunday school? Do you have Discovery Bible Club or do you not have Discovery Bible Club? You can tell by the look on some's face that they're upset about this or they're upset about that, but all they want to do is talk to everybody else about it. And all that battles inside the man of God. I'm just being real with you tonight. Can I just be honest with you? I have problems. You know, you have problems. And you know what you do with your problems? You take them to somebody. A lot of times, it is the man of God. Will you help me pray about this? Or will you help me pray about You say, well, preacher, I don't bring my problems or my questions to you. That's your own fault. That's not mine. I'm not being ugly. I'm just being honest with you. That's your own fault. I can't pray for you in a special way if I don't know that you need it. I've got problems. And you know who I take my problems to? <laughs> the trees. Let me tell you the reason why. What if I went up to Brother Stan and said, and you know what, Brother Stan, I'm just going to be honest. I don't even feel saved today. I don't feel like preaching. I don't feel like going to church. I'm tired. I'm give out. They don't nobody care anymore. <laughs> just like you feel sometimes. Well, Brother Stan will say, well, something wrong with the preacher. He's gone off the deep end. You know what the preacher has to do? He has to push every bit of his emotions to the side. They sometimes that Brother Heath, I walk on that platform, and I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. I just soon not to look at people. I just soon to be in the middle of nowhere, sitting in a deer stand, condemn me if you want to, with a chew of red man in my mouth, spitting on the side of a tree, living a good life, it seems. But God called me to do what I do. So you know what I do? I push every bit of my emotions to the side. I push every bit of the problems that my family's dealing with to the side. All the sickness that I'm off, our family don't talk about it because we're all in the ministry. All that to the side and come in here. Brother Joshman, I'm praying for y'all. Miss Tanya, I'm here for you. If you need me, and you know that, I'm not molly grubbing. I'll be there in a heartbeat. You know that. So before you go to criticizing the man of God, he's not only carrying his problems, he's carrying all your problems too. He's carrying all your troubles too. There's been, that I can remember, there's been one or two times in 15 years that I've texted the deacons and said, I can't take phone calls. I'm too sick. I can't do it. And one of them was just a few weeks ago when I was down with pneumonia. And if I didn't check on you when you were sick, you know what? You didn't check on me either. So let's just be mad at each other and get over it and go on. Instead of being that kid running around waiting on a she-bear to come by and visit you, 
Maybe you need to get over there and be an Aaron and a her and hold the man of God's arms up and love the man of God and, and, and take care of the man of God. I'm not saying you don't, church. I'm just giving you my heart what God woke me up before the sun ever come up this morning and told me to preach. I want to say something to you tonight. We need Aaron and hers in these days. Let me tell you what you done this morning in that offering. You was an Aaron and her to 20 different pastors and their wives going into that meeting. You was an Aaron and her. I want you to take your Bible, go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. I normally really watch my clock, especially anymore. But I'm just going to preach tonight till I get done, okay? In Acts chapter number 27, Paul was the man of God. I'm talking about as it was in the days they rejected the man of God. Paul was the man of God. And Paul is arrested for serving God. Chapter 26, then said Agrippa unto Festus, this man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar. He appeals unto Caesar to go to Rome simply so he can tell others about God. That's the only reason Paul does that. And in chapter number 27, they put him on a boat and they start to sail to Rome. Look what the Bible said, verse number 9. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only, not only of the landing of the ship, but also of our lives. The Bible said in verse 11, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. The man of God stands up and says, Listen, if we do what you say that we need to do, we're headed for trouble. And what they done, they listened to the centurion because they thought he knew more than the man of God. The man of the world is who that represents. They thought he knew more than the man of God and they sailed anyway. And you that knows this passage of Scripture knows that they get in literally to the storm of their life and end up losing a lot of things. You know, a lot of people says this, nobody, nobody, nobody knows what's right for me but me. And I'm going to tell you something. Paul stood that day in the leadership. Boy, it's real quiet and real still. Paul stood that day in the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God and said, boys, we better not do this. We Let me read you a verse. You don't have to turn here. Let me read you a verse. Here's what the Bible said in the book of Amos. The reason I said you don't have to turn here is because if you're like me, you'd have to go to the front to find out where it's at. Amos chapter number 3, verse number 7. Listen to this. Surely... The Lord God will do 
nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servant, the prophet. He's saying, here's what he's saying. God reveals some things to the man of God that he don't reveal to everybody else. Let me read you another verse. Let me read you another verse. Let God be true and every man a liar. Somebody give me an amen right there. Let me read you another verse right here in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter number 10. 1 Samuel chapter number 10. Here's what the Bible said in verse number 6. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, listen to this, and shalt be turned into another man. C.H. Spurgeon preached with his finger on that verse and prayed for God to turn him into another man every time that he preached. You said, preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. There's sometimes God will show your man of God things to help you and to help your family. And he did to these boys right here, but they would not listen. Here's the result of them not listening. They end up coming upon a typhoon, which is called Eurycliden. And in verse number 16, the Bible said in Acts 27, come start playing softly. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat. Because they wouldn't listen, there was difficulty. Verse number 17. Which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, straight sail, and so were driven. Listen to this. There was not only difficulty, there was dread. They used helps undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand. None of this had to be faced if they were to just listen to the preacher. There was discarding. Look in verse number 19. Look in verse number 19. And, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tap, tackling of the ship. They had to discard some things. Watch this in verse number 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, there was darkness. Neither sun nor stars in many days appeared. There was darkness. There's a lot of people living a life of darkness because they didn't listen to the preacher. Because the man of God tried his best to help them. They can, put a, they can put a smile on their face and act like everything's great, but deep down inside, they're dying. There was a darkness. Watch this. The Bible said in verse number 20, when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. There was despair. They come to a place of despair. Watch this, verse number 41. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the fore part stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. Their ship was destroyed. The very thing they depended on was destroyed right in front of them. It was destroyed. Watch this, verse number 44. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. 
so it came to pass that they all, they escaped all safe to the land. There was a deliverance, but I want you to understand something. There was a great loss. There was, will God forgive you? Oh, yeah. But there was a great loss that day. There was a great loss that day. Not long ago, and I would never, I would never call a name. I would never call names. And, and it has been long ago now when you think about 20 and 21 and 22, just 20 and 21 was just a blur. So it's been several years ago now. Leslie and I was praying for a family. I was praying fervently for them. And you pray for everybody in the church and if you pray for your church, you'll know what I'm saying. Every once in a while, Brother Matt, God will just stick somebody out to you. And Brother Ramsey, I think you know what I'm saying. And that day, you just, you began to pray more fervently for that, that individual or for that family. And for quite a while, for quite a while, I, that, that, that family and that individual had been on our heart. I told Leslie, I said, I'm afraid they're headed down the wrong road, honey. Boy, I seen them raise their hand. I seen them sing with the power of God on them. I seen them testify. I seen them serve God. I told Miss Leslie, I said, I think we need to talk to them. I don't just talk to people. If you've ever not come to church for an extended period of time, you know that. I just don't go beat somebody's door down and beg them to come to church. If I have to beg you to come to church, you're not coming for the right reasons. It has to be in our heart. It has to be in our heart. And I just, I, when the Lord tells me, then I'll go. I told Leslie, I said, I really believe the Lord. Several years ago, I said, I really believe the Lord wants us to talk to him. I said, let's reach out to him. We did, and we set up a time to meet. And we sat with him and talked to him with tears running down my face. Here's what I told him. I said, I'm afraid you're messing up. I'm afraid you're starting down the wrong road. Please don't do that. I said, please don't do Me and Miss Leslie both cried that day and begged them, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Oh, no, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. This is right. This is what it's supposed to be. When you tell me that something is right that leads you away from church, God will never lead you away from the house of God. God will never lead you away from the house of God. No, it, it's not going to happen. Today, that individual is completely out of church. Couldn't tell you the last time they was at church. Mr. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm afraid for them. I'm afraid for them. Because if they're truly saved, the chastening hand of God is going to visit them if they don't get right. Can God deliver? Yes. But there's always a loss. As it was in the days of Noah, man, they rejected the man of God. In our day, there is a rejection to a preacher that stands firm on a King James Bible. And I stand firm on it. It is the true word of God. There's a rejection to a preacher that preaches right's right and wrong's wrong. 
there's a rejection to a preacher that preaches that it was Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. There's a rejection to a man of God that stands up and preaches against alcohol of all forms. Wine, liquor, all of it preaches against it. Preaches it. There's a rejection to that today. There's a rejection to that today. As it was in the days of Noah. As it we're living in the last days. I'm going to ask you this in closing tonight. With all sincerity of heart, I'm not mad at one person in this room. As far as I know, ain't nobody in this room mad at me. You mad at me, Brother Robert? He said, not right now. Might be by the end of service. But as far as I know, everybody in this church is in fellowship. I'm just, I'm just delivering the mail. I'm going to ask you a question. What are you training your kids to do? Does your kids hear you criticize me? Does your kids hear you question me. So I got a right to question you. 66 books right there prove that to me out of one of them. I'm not being ugly. I'm not that type of preacher. Bless God, it's my way or the high. You know that. You know that. I don't have to explain that tonight. I don't have to explain that tonight. You know what I am if you've been here very long. I'm going to tell you something. We better be real careful. But listen to the preacher. But listen to the man of God. You say, I'm a whole lot older. But listen to the man of God. Got to show that man some things. My wife and I, I'm done. I'm going home and eating eggs and french fries and bacon. Got on a bacon kick now with him. Drinking diet green tea. <laughs> Thursday night of that revival. Afterwards, me and Miss Leslie, Brother John and Miss Becca, sat down in the hospitality room back here. To, I guess to midnight, didn't we? And got to talking. Brother Brian, Brother John started saying things. And I, I hadn't, me and Brother John don't talk all the time. When, when he said that we can go six months and not talk to each other and pick right back up like we'd seen each other the day before. That's honestly the way that we are. He started calling things out. I'm not talking about just, just things here. I'm talking about, look, I deal with more than just here. He started calling. I got home. I looked at Leslie and I said, can you believe that? Matter of fact, I told Leslie this afternoon, I said, if anybody ever spoke against that man of God, I would rebuke them. So I said, if I've ever been convinced that he is truly God's servant, it was after this meeting. I was blown away. Let me tell you the reason why. God enlightened him on some things to pray for me about that he didn't have a clue about. But when he said them and I started crying, we stood in amazement of how God reveals things to his men sometimes. Love the preacher. Stand behind him. Raise your kids. Can I just say something? That ain't Heath. That's not Heath. That's Brother Heath. That's not Ramsey. That's Brother Ramsey or Pastor Ramsey or Preacher Ramsey. I'm not just John. 
I'm not just Jonathan, I'm pastor. <laughs> That's not Leslie. It drives me crazy when I pe hear people call her that. That's Miss Leslie. That's the first lady of this church. That's a lady that gets up before the sun ever comes up and prays for you in this church. Seven days a week, prays for you in this church. She wouldn't tell you that. Some of you come up here to work yesterday. Who was it that was already in the church? Let me tell you what she's doing. She's praying for the people of this church. Love the man of God. Be Aaron. Be her. Don't ever be those kids. And when he gives you a warning, it's because he loves you, not because he's against you.